I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Misty, and this is Lattes and Legends. Hello. Good morning. It is Sunday, and I'm here. So welcome. This is Lattes and Legends, and I'm having my go-to vanilla. So thank you for those who provide these to me. Um, hope everyone's doing well. I know it's been a week or to um yeah i like taking these breaks sundays have been slammed for me lately so it's nice for me to like not worry about recording a podcast although i know you guys want a new one so here i am so uh i did get some new followers on facebook and instagram so thank you for that And I got some new listeners this past two weeks, so also thank you for that. If you are on the social medias, it is just Lattes and Legends. I think Facebook is Lattes and Legends Podcast, and you can also check out my website, lattesandlegendspodcast.com, and there are stickers and coffee mugs on there, and I'm trying to find the time to update again. So the website is more um, effective. I don't know if that's the right word. But so you guys go to it more and there's um, more stuff on it for you. So as of right now, it's just merch stuff and just about the podcast. So I hope everyone's doing well. Hope you are uh, dealing with COVID stuff as best as you can. I know some places are on lockdown again. It's crazy that we're all living in this right now. I don't know. Baffles me. Um, Anyway, I just wanted to talk about some things I've been reading and listening to and watching. So, um, 
I am still listening to, oh, what is it called? Let's Not Meet, which is awesome. Um, then I started listening to a podcast called The Rabbit Hole. Hmm. I had to break it up a little bit and watch some comedy. So, of course, I went back to Schitt's Creek and watched it again and again and again. And I finished Bridgerton. And now I'm watching Virgin River. It's a soap opera. Totally not my speed, but um, if you have suggestions on true crime things I could watch, please let me know. Or horror, please let me know. I've seen everything. I need something new. Shoot me an email or text or something. Tell me what I should watch or listen to for that matter. Um, It's Sunday, so I'll be listening to... Um, we'll listen to on Sundays and that's why we drink and let's not meet about a girl. Yeah. About a girl is really good. Uh, anyway, let's just dive into this because I, um, went back on that cursed film train that I was on and cursed shows. And so today I'm talking about two different things. So the first one is about a movie script that never got made. And the second is about a um, show on the Discovery Channel that also never got released um, because of a tragic accident that happened on it. So I'm going to go ahead and start with this and hold on to your hats. All right. So sources for this first movie, uh, Wikipedia, horrorbound.net, ranker.com, mamamia.com, latimes.com, bodyandsoul.com, theunexplainedmysteries.com, darkhauntings.wordpress.com. Yep, that looks like it. So this movie, script, and book um, is called Atuk. Maybe I'm saying it wrong. Maybe I'm saying it right. It's A-T-U-K. So for now, I'll just call it the script or the movie. Atuk. Atuk? I don't know. Anyway, so the story about um, the script is about an Inuit poet who is from Baffin Island and he gets sent to Toronto. Um, so this is total like fish out of water story. And in the movie version, he was supposed to live in Alaska and then end up moving to New York city. So it was a little bit different. So a woman visits his town in Alaska and she's a documentarian When they leave, he decides to stow away on her plane. So when he arrives to New York, he saves a young man who is the son of a powerful real estate mogul. And then that's when the comedy starts. So this film adaptation um, was requested by Norman Jewish Jewison in the early 70s. And Todd Carroll wrote the adaptation. Jewison planned to film it in Canada. So this is where we begin. 
Good old Hollywood movie lore. There have been many films that have been called cursed. We've talked about this. So these movies bring bad fortune and death to those who are involved in the film project. So the script is one of those that Hollywood is like, mm, no, not touching it. Because everyone that's been involved with the script has been like, has had just bad luck, misfortune, death, what have you. Um, and so this movie still has not been made. All right. So it's been floating around since the, um, early eighties, late seventies. And so far the, the six actors that were involved in the script, five of them have died. The first actor that they wanted to cast as the, um, Inuit is John Belushi, was John Belushi. So this was the first actor that they wanted to play the lead role and he was to be attached to the script first and foremost. So in 1982, he hears of it and they offer him the lead role. He was super interested in the script and was like, I'm on board. Um, a few months later, on March 5th, he was found tragically dead in his hotel room um, by his trainer, Bill Wallace. He was only 33 years old, and the cause of death was determined to be a drug overdose, most likely a speedball. His death was investigated, um, and there have been many disputes on what really happened. So about two months later... Catherine Evelyn Smith admitted that she had been with Belushi on the night of his death, and she was the one that gave him the fatal overdose. The case was reopened, and she was arrested and charged with first-degree murder. All right, so that was 1982. Fast forward a few years to 1986. Mm -hmm. There was another comedian, um, that they ask to play the main role, and this is Sam Kinison. So he was all about it. He was going to play the lead role of Attuck. And so in 1988, production started, and there were eight days of filming. And then Kinison um, was the one that was like, I don't really like the script. I think that we should rewrite it. So he started to rewrite the script and the producer and director gave him complete control. And um, apparently he was very difficult when the studio got involved and he did not like how they were working and everything about it was not cool with him. So it was put on hold again until 1992. So production began to set up again. But during all of the negotiations with production, Sam Kinison died. Friday, April 10th, 1992, he was only 38. His vehicle was struck head-on in California by a pickup truck who was um, the driver of the pickup truck, was 17 years old, and he was drunk. Kinison was alive after the crash, um, and his best friend had been driving behind him at the time of the accident. And his brother and best friend were there, and they honestly couldn't see that there were visual injuries. 
Um, and Kennison, while he was laying in his bed, started repeating, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. Then his brother said it looked like he was talking to somebody that wasn't there. And he said, but why? Okay. Okay. And that's when he lost consciousness. He could not be resuscitated and he died um, at the scene from internal injuries. Um, his wife was in the car, but she only suffered a mild concussion. Right. So 1994, they're like, we're not giving up on this movie. We're going to make this movie. John Candy was approached and they offered him the role. He was super stoked and he started to really get into the script and study it over. In March that year, he died. So he's working in Mexico. And then at some point um, during the night on March, March 4th, he had a heart attack in his sleep and he was only 43. Um, so Candy had reportedly asked a close friend of him to also read the script. Um, and his name was Michael O'Donohue. And so O'Donohue was like, oh, this script is amazing. Maybe I could join the cast too. And so he began to talk to the producers and directors and they're like, oh, this could be pretty cool for you too. Um, but in November of 1994, he also died. He had a history of chronic migraines and he died from a cerebral hemorrhage when he was 54. Hmm. All right, let's move on. 1997. Here we go. Attuck was offered to Chris Farley. Chris Farley was a huge, huge, huge fan of Belushi. And when he was offered the part, he was like, oh, my idol was offered this part. I'm so, I'm stoked about this. I really, I really want to do it. Um, however, that year, Chris Farley died at the age of 33, um, just after a few months um, a few months after he got the script. So that was December 18th. He was found dead by his younger brother in his apartment. He died of a drug overdose, a speedball, just like Belushi. Mm -hmm. All right. So Farley, much like John Candy, also introduced his friend Phil Hartman to the script. Five months later, after the tragic death of Farley, Hartman's wife murdered Phil in cold blood. Um, Brent Hartman got into an argument with Phil after he threatened to leave her if she started to do drugs again. At 3 a.m., she entered the bedroom, and at 3 a.m., shot Phil twice in the head and once on the side. She drove to a friend's house, confessed the murder, and the friend didn't believe her. So they drove back to their house. The friend saw the body and called the police. As the police arrived and escorted the children out of the home, Bren locked herself in her bedroom and shot herself committing suicide. So this is the story of Atuk. It's not been touched for years. Um, there's lots of people that believe in the curse. A lot of people that don't. Um, many people are like, this is just all coincidental. This happens in Hollywood all the time. But then there are others that say, no, this film, the script is 100% cursed. All right, so now I'm going to talk about a Discovery Channel reality show. Um, and this one 
I was re I listened to a podcast about this. Oh, called the Dark Side of Hollywood. It's a laundry podcast, and they um, talked about um, different movies that are cursed. They talked about the Twilight Zone, and then this was part of their conversation about um, the Twilight Zone movie and things of that sort. So. Um, sources for this, HollywoodReporter.com, the podcast, The Dark Side of, LATimes.com, NewYorkDailyNews.com, APNews.com, Deadline.com, OutsideOnline.com, AVStop.com. All right, so here we go. <clears throat> Excuse me. In 2013, the Discovery Channel was filming a reality show about being in the military, and there was a tragedy so the pilot david gibbs the cinematographer darren rydstrom and um michael donatelli who is believed to be a former special forces officer were all killed so here's a little info about this donatelli who was a former Special Forces Ranger and was also sitting in front left of the helicopter when it crashed. Um, he was part of this Discovery Channel show about being in the military and they wanted to focus on people that are in Special Forces, pilots, and what have you. Um, they're... I believe is still a lawsuit going on about wrongful death and negligence um, because the crash was due to quote cost cutting measures. So let's begin. So the reports say the following, the pilot was hired to fly a helicopter for the production of this reality television show. The tentative plan scripted for the production shoot called for an actor to drop a backpack to the ground while the helicopter was in a hover to enable the cameras to film this airborne actor. The backpack receiver was on the ground and the helicopter executed the mission. Sounds pretty, pretty much like TV magic, right? Two shots were needed for this backpack being dropped and they were to be done by two different actors on two different locations at a movie ranch. The accident occurred during the filming of the second shot. All right, so this is kind of where it gets kind of intense. So recovered audio and video came from the helicopter and the film. And so um, the first bag drop happened. It lasted about an hour. Um, and during the first flight, the pilot made numerous comments about not being able to see the drop zone due to dark night conditions and had the actor guide him with verbal cues to make sure that the helicopter was not in the trees. Mm. Red flags, red flags, red flags. So the several, there are several um, of his comments that indicate that he was trying to see he was trying to talk to the production company but no one would directly communicate with him and he kept telling them i have limited visibility the brightness of the light pad is too 
bright. Like I can't see anything because of this, these bright lights, but I can't see the trees either. So there was these glares coming off um, the center windshield frame in the cockpit. And he expressed to the production team multiple times that he couldn't see anything because of this glare. Um, but they continued to pressure him and they continued to say, we're going to film. We don't really care at this point. Um, all right. So the second backdrop location was on a plateau close to the landing zone. And it was about 85 feet above a dry riverbed. The plan was for the helicopter to maneuver toward the plateau while ascending from the riverbed. However, there were no lights in the river valley. The production crew had placed the lights on plateaus and glow sticks um, leading up to the riverbed, but not in places that were um, the most important. So around 3.30 in the morning, um, they decided to do the backdrop hmm, for the second shot. So before takeoff, the camera operator asked the pilot if they could try to use some one of the light pads and the pilot responded we'll see it's just like it really blinds me hmm. um you guys didn't listen another red flag so during the initial takeoff and while maneuvering over the dry riverbed the actor continued with the dialogue for about a minute and then the pilot intervened to state that he needed the light pad turned off the camera operator acknowledged him and informed the actor to turn off the light by pressing a button twice. The actor leaned forward to turn off the light and eight seconds later, the camera operator announced, where did, uh, we're going down low. Mm -mm. The actor cycled through the light settings and eventually it turned off, but that's when the pilot stated, okay, okay, I can't. The camera operator interrupted and said, pull up, pull up. The helicopter impacted terrain in the dry riverbed. Post-accident examinations of the wreckage revealed no evidence of mechanical malfunctions or any abnormalities in that way. So what's interesting about this is the pilot had already recognized on the first flight that he was operating with no or reduced limited visibility. Um, the bright light in the cockpit had blinded him, blinded him like he told them many times. And despite recognizing all of these hazards, they, the production crew still went on with it. Hmm. Um, this was a moonless night, so it was completely dark. Um, and then based on these conditions, the minimal ground lighting, the bright light in the cockpit, and the absence of mechanical abnormalities, the pilot was likely temporarily blinded by the light, lost visual reference to the ground, and ended up flying the helicopter into the ground. So there have been lawsuits against the production company um, by the relatives, and those are still pending. Gibbs the um, pilot had two prior accidents while working on a film or television production and his license had been temporarily suspended in 2003 after the FFA determined he flew in a careless and reckless manner and that was during another television shoot so um, not only was he blinded by these lights 
his license was revoked. And so there have been, there's been a lot of speculation about why the Discovery Channel would continue to do this and hire this man if they already knew these things. Um, but it's, uh, it's baffling, right? Like, why would you be like, oh, we'll hire this guy. Maybe that's where most of the cost cutting came in because he needed a job. He wanted to fly, didn't have a license. I don't know. It's all kind of crazy. Um, and with all that, it's like you have the victims and they didn't know any of this stuff. I don't know. It's a lot. It's kind of, it's spooky. It's crazy. And yeah. So those are my two stories for the day. Um, I will have more next week or the week after. We shall see. Um, I do appreciate everyone listening still. And I hope that everyone has a wonderful end of your weekend. Have a great start of your week. Tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow's February. What happened? Guys, it's almost our COVID anniversary. What's the gift? Hmm. Anyway. <laughs> Have a wonderful week, and I will talk to you all next week. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.